Hi, I'm Pete. Um, great songs, thank you. The power of the cross, Christ slain for us. It's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? I feel I want to sit down again. <laughs> well, he's done it all. It's just amazing. So forgive me. Uh, if I start rambling, shut me up. First thing I want to say, actually, is about the little prophetic prayer group that have gone out. Uh, just to say, I think it's really important that we hear from people who, how do they share stuff that's on their hearts? So there's three occasions, three Sundays, when a group of people are going out just to pray and listen to God and then feedback what they may be hearing. Because we need the gifts that God has given to the church, don't we? And we're not very good at working out how to use them and how to hear from them. So it's an experiment. We're saying, please God, speak. Uh, and some people said, well, it isn't right to go out on a Sunday morning. You know, that's the time when we gather together. Well, when is the right time? It's an experiment. <laughs> it maybe isn't the ideal time. But hey, isn't it interesting that in the great teaching on the gifts in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, those massive sections Paul wrote on the gifts of the Spirit, it's sandwiched around 1 Corinthians 13, which is the chapter we always take out and read at weddings about love. <laughs> Interpret lovers caring for each other, respecting each other, putting yourself down in preference for another. And it's right in the middle of all the teaching on how do we work out these gifts in the church. And I think that's interesting. So I want us to be supportive of people who are just experimenting. And so we hear from them and say, God, that's great. So I wanted to say that. I think it's important. Um, I also went to a, a, a morning with a lot of ministers around Bristol back in February. And it was a very good time. And I just wanted to share it with you, really. Because there was a lot of prayer. There are 20, 25 ministers from across the denominations. I was the only Baptist there, which was fine. Great, actually. God's moving. And it's really good to hear it. And a lot of churches are fighting battles and finding it difficult on lots and lots of levels. And it's really good to see that's what's happening. But one of the things that came through is that God wants his church back. God wants his church back. It's his church. It's his bride. And he loves her. And he wants his church back. And so amongst all those muddles, we've got muddles as well. And you may see at the back, if you notice, there's a, there's a, a plate of spaghetti uh, which was Dave's little picture he had of what it's like as this church. We look at all the things we do, we're ever so busy, lots going on, and it just sometimes looked like a real tangle. <laughs> and there's one strand that's up on a fork, and our prayer is, God, give us, give us the wisdom to know how to untangle things and get simple and still be about your business. So that's why it's there. So do have a look at that. But what I tell you is wonderful about this morning was that the other churches said, can we pray for Cairns Road? I mentioned it, and they said, can we pray for you? And they did. Isn't that a privilege? Isn't that wonderful? So we can really pray for each other and know. And one of the things that came through those prayers was that Cairns Road was founded on men and women of faith, people like we've been praying for in the persecuted church. Some lost their lives. 
Many were imprisoned. It was founded on people like that who had such a faith in who God was. And we need that back, don't you think? And sometimes I think there's a battle going on here for us that we're so competent and got such a lot of our own energy that we don't have to rely on God in the same way. So that's partly what I wanted to say today. So, Easter. We've sung some wonderful songs. Um, Richard quoted from John 20 earlier. At the beginning, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So I was thinking today, we're meant to be starting a series on Psalms, and I just wasn't comfortable with it, because I think there's something about the Easter story we still need to hear. What does it mean? (laughs) Hearing the story again this year, has it made any difference to your life? So today is an opportunity to just say, what was it about, God? So I've read through the end of all those Gospels, when Jesus appeared to the disciples those 40 days, what did he say to them? What's important? Because it's important to us, isn't it? And through, in all those Gospels, the theme that comes through is threefold. One, repentance and forgiveness of sin is to be preached to all nations. Just what we've been singing this morning. Freedom from sin. Secondly, receive new life. In the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, go. As the Father sent me, so I send you. That means that God treats you like he treated Jesus. Yeah. We are to be as Christ in this world. All authority is mine, said Jesus. So go. So three things. Sin is dealt with. Hallelujah. Receive the Holy Spirit and new life. Hallelujah. Now go. Tell everyone all about it. Because it's true. <laughs> hmm. the beginning of the year, I was... Um, Praying, wondering where we're at. And the uh, scriptures that came to mind, I think I've mentioned before, is Revelation 3. The letters to the churches. You know, Jesus was speaking to the churches. And we often pick up the one at Ephesus and Laodicea, and, you know, because you've gone lukewarm. And they're kind of easy ones to understand. And the one that stuck with me is the church in Sardis, which is Revelation 3. Because this is what... The Spirit said to the church in Sardis in Revelation chapter 3, I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive. I tell you, Cairns Road has got a reputation in this city for being alive. It has. I hear it. (laughs) But you're dead. Hmm. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I haven't found your deeds perfect in the sight of God. Remember, therefore, what you've received and heard. Obey it and repent. Simple. Simple, isn't it? 
<laughs> like the advert. I can't do it very well. Strengthen what's about to die. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? So it implies that something is withering and shrinking and about to die. So I'm going to ask you a personal question. Do you feel a bit like that? (laughs) I used to know God in some kind of way that I I just feel I'm getting squashed to death. (laughs) Something in me is dying. Well, God knows about it. That's good. So what do we do? We strengthen what remains and we remember. And I want to do some remembering today. The simple, simple, profound truths that we remember. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will give you light. True or false? It's true. Wake up. It's not said with rebuke, it's said with longing, isn't it? (laughs) So, from the end of those Gospels, repentance and forgiveness of sins. We are to be people of the resurrection. Is that right? People who've been made alive because of what Christ has done. Isn't that wonderful? How can you be a person who knows resurrection if you've never died. You can't. Sin is falling short, isn't it? That's what it means, to miss the mark. God created you and me to be something special, a human being. (laughs) Delight to his eyes, to live before him. And we've fallen short. And the whole point is that we need to die to something. (laughs) To all that rotten stuff that was in, we are called to die. Let me read what it says in Romans. We don't often read Romans, do we? Paul says this, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Jesus Christ, were baptised into his death. We were buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away, that we no longer live slaves to sin. Hallelujah. Do you know that's true? You don't have to live a slave to sin. We sung it. Oh, happy day. What's it? uh, Oh, happy day, happy day. You washed my sin away. I'll never be the same. Forever I am changed. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Remember. It's true. 
Hmm. If it's not true for you, then make it true. <laughs> Something has to die. My horse died yesterday. It was called According to Pete in the Grand National. I had a ticket on it. They are, is that sin or not? You have to tell me. I was bought a ticket, actually. It was my birthday. And so someone bought me, according to Pete, in the Grand National. Not only did it not win, but it died. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Next year, I won't tell you who bought it. Do a bit better. <laughs> according to Pete, has got to die, hasn't it? According to, put your name in there, has got to die. From now on, it's according to Christ. Isn't it? So it's not what I want anymore. Paul, even Paul, you'd think, oh, he died to sin, now he's a free man, he can do what he wants. That's not what he said. He didn't say, now I do what I want because Christ has dealt with my sin on the cross. He said, I die daily. (laughs) Didn't he? (laughs) That's what it means. But what a privilege that you can do that. That actually you can get up in the morning and say, God, I'm going to live for you today. Help me do it. That's why I need the Holy Spirit. (laughs) But I'm going to do it. I'm going to live for you. What about that great story in the New Testament of the prodigal son? He's the one who missed the mark. Why did he miss the mark? Why did he sin? Did he sin because he was eating the food that pigs eat? Mm, Not especially. Is it because he bought a ticket on the horses? Not especially. (laughs) We don't know whether he did. It's because the father had given him all that he was due, and he rubbished it. And haven't you and I done that? (laughs) And what did he say? He said, I will arise and go to my father. And I'll say to him, I'm sorry. And the father embraces him. We all know the story. Remember it. (laughs) So for you, whoever you are, have you died? Have you given up so that you can have a new life? Hmm. Are there conditions? Well, yes, I think there are. One is you need to ask forgiveness. That's simple, isn't it? But isn't that difficult? If you're married, you know that. If you've got brothers and sisters, you know that. It's hard, isn't it, to ask forgiveness? But you need to do it. And God loves it. If you're in any kind of relationship and you've known forgiveness between two people, isn't it amazing afterwards? <laughs> That's the first condition. The other condition is this. I forgive you as you forgive others. Is that a condition? Well, it's in the Lord's Prayer. We said it earlier. I read this recently. It's not written by me, because I don't, well, you'll know it isn't, because it doesn't describe me. After being a pastor for nearly 15 years, so you know it's not me, I was to discover that the lack of forgiveness was perhaps the largest single contributor to demonic bondage. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? 
If you're really not free and you don't know why, perhaps you need to forgive someone for what they've done to you. And you might say, well, you don't understand. You'd be right, I don't. But Jesus does. He understood what it was to be abused, to be misunderstood, to be told, well, who was your mum and dad then? What was it like for him? To be rejected by his, his own family, by his disciples, by the people he came to love and save. What do we know about forgiveness? You know, you've got to forgive if you want to be forgiven. Sorry, I didn't make it up. God did. Because he's got such a forgiving heart, he wants you to know that that's the way to, were to live for others too. So there's an invitation there. Step into it. Arise. I will go to my Father. Arise. Right, the second thing, so we've got forgiveness and repentance. The second is new life in the Spirit. Again, in Romans, we read this. As we, if, we've, if, if we've been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in resurrection. If we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. It says in Galatians, if we live by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Hmm, amazing. To live in the Spirit. We so need to live in the Spirit, don't we? Let me read you a bit from um, Tom Wright. <clears throat> he was the Bishop of Durham when he wrote this. He says this. The Holy Spirit and the task of the church. The two walk together hand in hand. Despite what you might think from some excitement in the last generation about new spiritual experiences, God doesn't give the Holy Spirit in order to let them enjoy the spiritual equivalent of a day at Disneyland. But the point of the Spirit is to enable those who follow Jesus to take into all the world the news that he is Lord and that he has won the victory over the forces of evil, that a new world has opened up and that we are to help make it happen. Equally, the task of the church cannot be attempted without the Spirit. I've heard some... Christian people talk as though having done what he's done in Jesus, God now wants us to do our part by getting on with things under our own steam. But that is a tragic misunderstanding. It leads either to arrogance or burnout or both. Without God's spirit, there is nothing we can do that will count for God's kingdom. Without God's spirit, the church simply can't be the church. Remember, I'd love us to cry out for the Holy Spirit more and more. Do you know that? I really would. Because we need him. And he's been given to us. He has. And we can't do what God wants us to do without him. True. True. We need his gifts. 
We need each other. And I'm sorry when I have not recognised God's gift in you. And I've been like that. And it's harder when you're leading because you tend to filter stuff. (laughs) But we need to recognise, don't we, God in each other and say, yeah, that's of God. Go with it. Let's encourage the gifts. There was some recent research, um, back in 2005-ish it was, that followed 600,000 people in America that had heart bypass surgery. They were all told that they would do the operation, the surgeons would do the operation, but they must change their lifestyle or the surgery would at best be just a stopgap to put off death for a short time. We understand that, don't we? 90% did not change their lifestyle. Isn't that amazing? When you're given a death threat and you don't do anything about it. And I'm challenged by that. Because we've got a death threat, haven't we? And yet God has done everything. Arise. Step into it. Live the resurrection life. Live Sins forgiven. Live knowing you're pardoned. Get pardoned if you're not. Forgive other people. Get straight. And then live it. (laughs) Let's live it. Then we've got a gospel to tell, haven't we? So we can really go into our workplaces and our families and stuff. Because we know it's true. We know it's true. I'm forgiven. I'm free. We sing the words. But hey, what words? What words? So again, at that morning with the ministers, there was this, there was this uh, thought that actually what is under contention is faith. <laughs> that we exist so much on our own efforts. Because of who we are, we're middle class, we're educated... We're taught to be survivors, aren't we? We're taught that we deal with life and we sort it out. That's what we're taught. That's the kind of background we've all got, mostly around here, I should say. And I'm afraid that it's overflowed into the way we do church and the way we relate our Christian lives. Faith is not understanding. How do we please God? By faith. Without faith, without saying, I'm relying on you, God, and what you have done, we can't please God. So it's not down to our effort at all. And faith works by love, doesn't it? What does that mean? (laughs) What's real love? Ask Ollie and Katie when they got married. It's nice to remember that, isn't it? It's abandonment to the other, isn't it? Is that right? They're not even sitting next to each other. (laughs) (laughs) It's abandonment, isn't it? That's what... Faith is, it's abandonment. Arise. Shake off the dust. Remember what God has done. Let me read Revelation again. This is how it says it in the message. Write this to Sardis, the angel of the church. I see right through your work. You have a reputation for vigor and zest. But you're dead. 
stone dead. Up on your feet. Take a deep breath. There's life in you yet. Although I wouldn't know it by looking at your busy work. Your condition is desperate. Remember the gift you once had in your hands. The message you heard with your ears. Grasp it again and turn back to God. It's my plea today, actually. We've done Easter. Tick the box. (laughs) Done the celebration. Tick the box. Sung the hymns. Great hymns. They're true. (laughs) They're true. If you don't feel like it, they're still true. I didn't feel like preaching. I've got a stinking cold. It doesn't matter, does it? It's a privilege, isn't it? To rejoice in what God has done for you and me. Rotten to the core. Messed up. Got it wrong. Need forgiving. Yes! That's the point. But we can receive all of that because of what Christ has done. He didn't die for nothing. He died for you and me. Hallelujah. I plead with you. I plead with you. If you don't know this freedom that he wants to give you, get right with him. Get right with your fellow man. Do it. Don't let the devil hold you down forever. Don't be imprisoned, slaved to sin, to bad thinking, to bad habit. Don't let it happen. It needn't happen. It shouldn't happen. It used to happen. But it's dead now. Or it can be for you and me. Is this true or am I off my head? It's true. It's what it says, isn't it? I wouldn't be able to make it up. I couldn't possibly have thought of such an amazing good news if it was down to me. It is incredible. That's why it's hard to believe. Because we're human. We can't do this. God has done it. He has. He made you. And he was so concerned about you and me that he went to the absolute utmost to set you free. (laughs) He did. And when he was on that cross, all hell was thrown at him. You can read it in the Psalms. Bulls of Bashan, all sorts of stuff. Gaping at him. Snarling at him. Laughing at him. And he did it for you. And he did it for me. So that you and me can be free. Wow. Can you imagine? Think of that colleague of yours in the workplace. Can you imagine how their whole life would change if they knew that they were forgiven? Wow. Yeah? (laughs) Amazing. So live it. Arise. Arise. Awake. Let's do it. Shall we? If you really do feel stuck and you need help, then a few of us will pray with you afterwards if you want that. We haven't got any special ability, I can tell you that. But God's here. He'll do it for you. (laughs) He will. Doesn't matter what it is. You can feel totally chained in your heart and mind.
God is here to set people free. Is that right? It's not us. It's the cross. The power of the cross. Christ slain for us. Hallelujah. I'll stop. But may God apply what he wants to apply to your hearts. And if you feel moved, please do something about it. Enter into the freedom.